You're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and SoundCloud. So the final score from Columbus, Ohio State 28, Penn State 17. Uh, Ohio State had what looked like a commanding 21-0 third quarter lead, and then all of a sudden it turned into a dogfight. Penn State scores 17 unanswered, aided largely by two Ohio State third quarter fumbles, one by J.K. Dobbins and another by Justin Fields, which was his third of the game. He lost two of them, but he ended up fumbling three times. Credit to Penn State, they, they... clearly forced those turnovers, and then they were able to convert them into points. Uh, Despite losing their starting quarterback, Sean Clifford, in the third quarter, uh, Will Levy's, is it Levy's, guys? Is that how you say his last name, or Levis? Is it Levis? I think Levis. Levis. It's Levis, yeah. Uh, Freshman Will Levis came in in uh, in relief of Clifford. I thought he actually played pretty well. It took Ohio State uh, a a couple possessions to to figure him out. And, uh, you know, Penn State made it a game. Um, I, 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 for one, was freaking out when that uh, when that twenty one point lead <laughs> evaporated, um, and uh, I, I, it was a very weird, weird uh, day for Ohio State just to have the momentum shift so quickly uh, as it did, and all of a sudden we found ourselves fighting for our lives. Anyway, why don't we go around the horn here, guys, and get some initial impressions? Paige, I want to start with you. Uh, what did you see yesterday in that game that stood out? Well, I think you're right, though, man. Like, when when they made it 21-7, I mean, talk about everything on the line. If they lose that game, right, they're not winning the Big Ten East. They're not going, you know, to the Big Ten championship game. And probably, I mean, it would take a lot of things for them, you know, to, to get into the playoff, regardless of what happens next week. I mean, there, there was ample room to be freaking out across the board, so... Uh, I don't think you were alone in that regard whatsoever. That all that being said, though, I think that outcome is you know, like at the macro level, is probably. I, I think it's probably what we wanted to see, uh, or at least I wanted to see it. I think that game very easily could have been just a, a blowout. Could have been forty to ten. Could have been worse than that. The fact that they faced some adversity, and you know, um, I think. Day had to, to make some big time decisions. I think that yeah. bodes well for them uh, moving forward. So you know, as much as I wasn't enjoying it in the moment, I think <laughs> you know, I think it'll serve them well. And you know, back to the point of how bad you know of a blowout it could have been. Right, we lost three fumbles, um, and I don't think Dobbins. I mean, Dobbins that that was pretty weak on his part. That guy just kind of got his hand on the ball. Yeah. Uh, but the fields, you know, give credit to Penn State on the fields fumbles. But how many interceptions did, you know, we potentially not have? At uh, least three. Wade had two. Yeah. Yeah. And Werner as well. And Fuller. Right? So, like. Yeah. Jordan and Fuller. Fuller. Yeah, yeah. So, that's four. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. So, mm-hmm. that, um, you know, could have swung that game wildly one way or the other. But, obviously, the weather was um, playing a huge factor. And then, to me, the big moment in the game was off that uh, second field's fumble. Um, and the defense stepped up and held them to a field goal. That was big. And I just, 
That was big. I, I think that was like the seminal moment in the game. We needed the defense to, you know, to sort of stop the bleeding at that point. They totally did. And if I'm not mistaken, I think we that was the next possession when uh, Olave caught that um, that touchdown. And so, the but the the, the one thing that I, I'm still scratching my head around is sort of what the game plan was, just from an offensive play calling perspective. Mm-hmm. It you know it 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 just seems like he's like, look, we are going to ram this ball down your throat. Um, and even more curious to me is. They did not throw the ball or exploit the middle of the field whatsoever, mm, right? Everything right. was to the outside, and I get it. You know, in crappy weather, if the ball sails, it, you know, it goes out of bounds. But, you know, I would have just thought that you'd have seen them sort of go over the middle a little bit more than, than they did. Mm-hmm. But then I kind of wonder, like, is he just kind of saving that for next week at Michigan, right? Because that's just how he absolutely destroyed them. So, um yeah, those are sort of my first impressions of the game overall. All right. Uh, Matt, I, re- I remember, Matt, you making a, you, you texting the group and, and mentioning that you felt that, uh, that Ryan Day um, underutilized Ohio State's wide receivers and, and fields as a passer. What other observations did you have from the game? And- yeah, I think that, I mean, you know, to what Paige and you kind of alluded to, it's like it's good to see chinks in the armor when the chinks are something as something as easy to fix as penalties, yeah, or and, and turnovers. It's like okay, guys, you know, um, you know, hold on to the ball. Yeah, you know, that's okay. We can fix that. So I, I think that to Paige's point, I think could have been a blowout as well. I was, you know, when you look at the stats in the second t- in the second half, they ran twenty nine times with an average uh, gain of less than three yards. You yeah. could talk about the what you could talk about the weather all you want, but it didn't seem to affect uh, Hill and Olave. And those were the last two scores that we had. Mm-hmm. So I did I did not get on you know, he was throwing the ball well. That out pat for first down to Mac was a great throw. Mm-hmm. Didn't seem like he was having a problem throwing the ball. So I just didn't get he, if he couldn't throw it all the way down the field they had such a advantage with the wide receivers. They have from tight end to they had they just have it was just underutilized. Yeah, I, I understand getting I understand the like pace. I understand the theory of like beating them down at the ball. But if you're not gaining more than three yards and you're you have to kick the ball away and put the ball back in their hands, uh, that's a big thing. I thought the defense did a good job of stepping up. This is after the third quarter where they seemed to change the way that they like to tackle. Um, my overall <laughs> impression was that we went away from what makes this team good. We went from an attacking team to a conservative team on both sides of the ball. And I think that allows things, uh, advantages for the other team. Because when we attack with the amount of talent that we have, it makes it, I think, doubly hard to stop. So glad like pay said glad that happened last game because i don't think it they're going to take those things for granted going into the final game of the big 10 season all right what were your observations chad uh from yesterday what stood out to you well i mean you know to 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 matt and page's points um you know obviously the first half we came out looking like you know like we've looked all year and then you know sam said 
you know, from, in, from Columbus that, you know, the rain was starting to come down. It was 40 degrees. The temperature was dropping rapidly. You know, I, I mean, I think I, a couple things. I think that, um, you know, weather, we played a little bit more conservatively, obviously, due to that uh, element. And I also think, um, I, paid you, I think you just mentioned this a few minutes ago, that I don't think he was like also, I think he was saving some stuff for next week. Hmm. Um, our offensive line, I uh, wasn't quite sure what they were doing to start out the game. I mean, probably about the second quarter, I was like, what are, what, like they need to step this up a little bit. Um, you know, as far as the turnovers, the field's knee was down. I don't know how, but the uh, replay guy missed two 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 plays yesterday. Mm-hmm. I mean, field's knee was down, and th- that should have been overturned. No question about it. No, I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, Stevie Wonder could have seen that. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, Lave had some great. I mean, Fields could throw the ball, man. Yeah. I mean that that. That throw that he backed up, and you know we had three receivers lined up on the right side, and KJ Hill just backed up. That was a rocket over there, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and JK, I mean the guy is just a stud. I mean he is a beast. Yeah, he was good. Um, he deserves to be in New York, but uh, you know, I mean, yeah, it was just like I said, I was down for a little bit through the second quarter, but I thought it was a great, you know. One thing negative I will say about it is like why it took Halfley and uh, Madison so long to make a defensive adjustment on Levis. Um, I, I, you know, I mean the kid ran the ball like 15 times, like for five to seven yards, and I was trying to figure out why we weren't plugging plugging up the middle. But uh, you know, obviously we've got that figured out. You know, but overall, I mean, you know, I think we played a, a great game. We let him act in his turnovers. You think about a couple drop balls turnovers that game should have been 40 48 to 10 you know so but overall man i'm, I'm excited it's, it's done it's over i'm glad we got some adversity going into a fourth quarter but we haven't had all year and uh man i'm looking forward to uh to next week excellent good take mr gallagher you were there in person uh, why don't you give us your initial impressions of what went down in columbus yesterday yeah, I, I, I look, I, I'll be the first one to say the weather wasn't great because I was there and it, it did suck. But, you know, honestly, they've, they've got to deal with it. It's going to be 38 and a frozen mix next weekend in Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. Prediction is the same weather. So, uh, you know, they, they better learn to deal with it. Um, you know, I, I didn't think Fields, uh, I agree with Chad, I, he had some great throws. He also had some bad throws. Uh, he had a throw that should have been intercepted, but Olave did a great job in the first quarter of being a defender. He underthrew it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he underthrew the touchdown pass to Olave, and Olave just wasn't going to let the guy get it. And he that was a good throw um, or a, a good catch, and not a great throw. Um, and, and so I just didn't feel like his long ball was was on yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. You know, there's just no way that you can look at what happened and think those three turnovers, if you give us the touchdown and take away the two that we gave them, which I know you can't and, like, whatever, but honestly, the score should have been 35-3, to and that would have been the game we were all expecting. And two turnovers on two consecutive possessions with guys fumbling the ball, it just was kind of sloppy, and it was a bit of a sloppy day. Um, You know, it was raining on and off. It was never raining that hard, but it was – raining enough um you know it was 40 but it felt like it was 30 uh it was kind of blustery with the wind blowing so 
you know, it just was a tough, it was a tough day. I mean, I was there with a buddy who's a Penn State fan, and he was like, the best thing that happened to us all day is you guys knocked our quarterback out, and we brought in this other guy. And like Chad, <laughs> I was same thing. I'm like, the guy gets 15 yards up the middle 17 times in a row. Like, what are you doing, Halfley? Um, and so, I don't know. There were, there were just a bunch of things like that. None of them were big, but it all kind of went Penn State's way in the I second agree. half. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they dropped the ball twice, too, on snaps, but got it back. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, look, I think it was one of those games that they fought through. Uh, and I agree with Sloner's comment that better it happened this week, and now they've got they got a little scare put into them, and you know they're they're going to be probably a lot more intense in practice this week, which I would expect. But that that game really shouldn't have been close. The, the talent disparity on both sides of the ball, uh, you know, Penn State just got a lot of breaks in that game and, and capitalized on them. So give them credit. You know, mm-hmm. they they got the ball inside the forty on our two fumbles, they still had to score, and they did. I mean, they seized the momentum and went down and scored. But there was a point in the game in the third quarter, it's 21-17 Ohio State, and Penn State has the ball. Yeah. Believe me, that didn't feel very good in the stadium. stadium got <laughs> awfully quiet there for a while, yeah. uh, and the defense <laughs> stepped up. But it, 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 was, it was the first time there was any sort of nervousness this year. Uh, and the team, you know, look, the team responded. So... Uh, I'm just glad to be done with that game, and but on to the next game. But they they got to play better. Yeah, I agree with your you uh, assessment, Tim. That a lot of things seem to go Penn State's way. Ohio State jumps out to the 21 nothing lead. They score on their first possession of the third quarter, and at that point, it looked like they were about to blow it open. Um, and and I I don't remember. I'm sure I've seen games like this in the past, but I can't think of a game where the momentum shift was so. Um, noticeable. It, it, it did almost an immediate 180 after that 21 nothing lead by Ohio State. Um, and then from that point forward, it seemed like very little went Ohio State's way uh, in terms of 50-50 balls, loose balls, uh, uh, you know, replay reviews, um, penalties. Uh, it seemed like all of those things went, Penn State got a lot uh, of those things going their way. In the end, it was Ohio State's talent that carried the day and all their frontline guys made big plays. Fields, Dobbins, Olave, Hill, most especially Chase Young. It was really the talent that was the difference. And they and they were able to do it without getting a ton of breaks. Um, at least that's the way I viewed it. If I'm a Penn State uh, fan, might view it uh, differently. But I certainly felt like we, had, uh, we did not get a ton of breaks. I mean, if you consider this, um, there were six fumbles in the game. Six. Ohio State had four. They lost three. But Chase Young also had two strip sacks on Penn State's quarterbacks, and Penn State fell on both of them. Uh, Tim, you already mentioned the two mishandled snaps by Penn State quarterbacks. Clifford and and Levis each had one, and they were able to fall on both. Uh, Paige, earlier uh, you had mentioned uh, Ohio State defenders had their hands on balls for interceptions. Fuller should have had one. Werner should have had one. Wade should have had two. There was one that Wade, I, literally, I thought it went through his body. It looked like, I mean, how did he not intercept it? And it ended up right into K.J. Hamler's hands for a first down. Um, yeah, that, that play, he, if you look at that play again, he turned around to look at Hamler and then turned back to the quarterback, and the ball was on him. And I think it did go directly through his hands. Oh. You're like, how did that just happen? Yeah. I mean, he, he but, was right in the passing lane. On, on All three of those guys were right in the passing lanes uh, or right there to make a play on it, just could not hang on to the ball. 
Sorry, Matt, were you going to make a, a point? Yeah, you know, as I say, the one break that did go our way was being at home, having yeah. a, a first-time uh, quarterback in the game and having fault, three false penalty you know, motion calls. Yeah, oh, that's you true. Know, to base it at the end of the game. That was huge. And that, you know, the, the, I, I mean, Tim could probably obviously speak to this better, but it didn't seem super loud over the speakers. But I'm sure, you know, having those three penalties in a row making that almost an impossible first down was significant. Did the crowd affect that, Tim, in your view, those, those false start penalties? No question. Yeah. No question. Uh, that, that, was, that was the crowd getting into it. And then towards the end of the game when Penn State had the ball, literally Chase Young was standing in the middle of the field, raising his arms up and down, getting the crowd going. Uh, and that, that last possession, like, it was loud. It was really loud. Yeah. Um, really, I mean, it was one of those games where you didn't sit down the whole game. And it just, you know, even during that period of time when it was quiet, everybody was standing up, you know, looking for something to happen. Um, they just had to stem, Ohio State had to stem the momentum that, that Penn State had built. Um, and, you know, they did. They ended up, they ended up doing, doing a good job of kind of getting the crowd back into it. What was notable to me, and this is why I bring up the, the, the fumbles, the six fumbles, saw five of which bounced Penn State's way, was that those are the types of breaks that you need as an underdog to come into the shoe and compete or even pull an upset. And, uh, and there was a series of them all in a row late in the second half of that game. And that's why I started to get really worried because you started seeing a freshman quarterback come in and make plays. And then you saw Journey Brown, their tailback. Penn State hadn't been able to get anything going in the run game. Suddenly Brown is breaking tackles, making guys miss. There was a one play on Penn State's first uh, first scoring drive. It was the only scoring drive that they had where they had to drive the length of the field to score where uh, Malik Harrison had Brown dead to rights in the backfield for a big loss and he couldn't make the tackle. So those, those, you know, and the, and it goes for a first down gain, if I'm not mistaken, plays like that started, you know, falling Penn state's way. And, you know, they, they even managed to turn the, the, the quarterback injury into a positive because it took Ohio state several series to adjust to to what Levis could do and and I've I've actually seen that before in games where you know the starter goes down the backup comes in the opposing defense doesn't have a ton of film on on the on the quarterback they don't know what he can do they don't know what he's capable of um, so it, it can take a while to adjust and I think that's what what happened in the end though Matt to your point the fact that he was a freshman uh, worked out to Ohio State's advantage he threw a terrible interception to Hilliard which I, I don't know where he was throwing that ball. He threw it like right in the middle of the line. I'll take it. You know, it was a nice play by Hilliard. And then certainly late in that game with the crowd noise um, and, and the pressure from the Ohio State front seven, you could see he was having a lot of trouble dealing with that. So, uh, but Penn State hung around to their credit. I, I do have to credit. I don't think it was all luck or Ohio State uh, shooting themselves in the foot. I thought Mike, Micah Parsons... Uh, Lamont Wade, their stud safety, he he forced three of those fumbles. Uh, he also had the big sack on that last drive of Fields where the ball came loose and Fields got hurt. That was Lamont Wade again. And then Yuder uh, uh, Gross Matos, their defensive end. Those guys, those three, combined for 29 tackles, seven and a half tackles for loss, three sacks, four forced fumbles. I thought they were very good. And they really were responsible for single-handedly kind of turning the tides of that game. And those two third-quarter fumbles, one forced by, uh, by Parsons, the other forced by Wade, that really changed the momentum of the game. And Ohio State offensively really went into a shell uh, at that point. Um, I, I went and looked at the game log, uh, 
In the fourth quarter, Ohio State ran 18 offensive plays. 15 of them were runs by Dobbins or Fields. They got very, very conservative in the fourth quarter. Um, so I got I to gotta give credit to Penn State. I mean, those guys, can, those three dudes can play anywhere in the country. Um, you know, those, they're, they're not chopped liver. Um, so credit to them for that. Um, let's see, where else do we want to go with this? Any other observations? Uh, let me see. Why don't we, Chad, why don't I kick I'd it like to you? To some, yeah, I'd like to get some kudos out to our boy JK yeah. uh, for passing Eddie George yesterday. And he's only about, what, 50 to 60 yards from taking over Zeke next week. He was a workhorse, man. 36 carries. Yeah. 36 carries, 157 yards, not the greatest yard, you know, yard per carry average, but I mean against that front seven, that's a good front, that's a good Penn State defense. And yeah, uh, I I think it's great that you know, I mean he's going to be like I mean no one's ever going to catch Archie, but he's going to like, you know, you think about it. I mean, and he's not getting any national kudos. I think maybe after next week he's going to I think he's going to get invited to North, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think we all discussed that. It's no big deal. I mean, I'm more concerned about being in the, the college football playoff. But, you know, I mean, I think he's just a good kid, man. If you listen to that kid in the interviews, like a Herbie uh, had a big, long interview with him. I mean, he's, he's just a down-to-earth, like, really good, solid kid, man. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I was happy to see that. Matt, you were going to make a point? Yeah, you know, uh, how about Hilliard, man? The injury – Injuries that kid had throughout the years, yeah. and on senior and on senior day, getting a the key fucking interception. Yeah, I mean that's that's that was, that's a nice way to go out. Yeah, and that was uh, that was a huge uh, stop there because Penn State was driving. I, I believe that was after uh, Olave's touchdown catch. It was twenty eight seventeen. Penn State started driving on the ensuing possession, and Hilliard came up. But that was you know that was they were approaching the red zone at that point. And huge, huge uh, pick there by Hilliard for sure. Um, I, I guess we, we, we can't, we, we barely mentioned him, but I mean, Chase Young, right? I mean, uh, the impact he had on that game, nine tackles, Brown three sacks, it. four tackles for loss, two forced fumbles. Ah. He was, uh, you know, he, he may very well have gotten himself back into the Heisman conversation, Chase Young, uh, for, for whatever that's worth. I think we all agree, you know. It'd be nice to have him. That's obviously not the goal. But and you guys have any thoughts on how Chase Young played, Paige? What did you see? Yeah, I mean he's he's really good, man. I mean, that's the dumbest understatement. Uh there is. I also thought Brownie Brownie played really well too. He did, but he did. yeah, I mean Chase Young he completely changes um, you know, the dynamic of the game. Not only um you know, I was I was I was thinking about like did did Arnett or uh, Kuda like I didn't remember even you know hearing their name, seeing them make a play, which mm-hmm. I'm, is like a positive um, because I think they probably locked their guys down. But then if you go back and watch some of that stuff, that quarterback I don't care who it was when the other guy barely threw, but it was like two step drops, throw the ball and yeah. throw it to the tight end. And that's all the chase young factor, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can't sit back there and do seven, you know, step dropbacks and expect to have an effective uh, pass rushing or, or passing attack. Cause that guy's coming. And, you know, I, I think a lot of that just goes to even how he's not necessarily affecting the game, like in the moment, but how he's affecting the scheme of teams 
when they're trying to go up against him because yeah. clearly Penn State just didn't want anything to do with it. No. <laughs> it was just obvious. Uh, Chad, you, you had I, referenced it earlier, and then Paige, you mentioned him. Baron Browning did have a, a hell of an impact on this game. He finished yeah. with seven tackles. He had two and a half tackles for loss and, and one and a half sacks. Uh, he was big for them late in that game in the fourth quarter. Chad, were you going to say something about uh, Barron? Yeah, I just, I mean, I like, I know, Gag, we, we've all talked about this, man, but just you, Matt, like, he, like, he's big for us. I mean, you see, we missed him the last couple of weeks. I'm so glad he's back to 100% for, for Michigan next week. But the talent that got wasted from having Shiano and Bill Davis, could you imagine <laughs> how good that kid would be this year? Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. But, anyways, and I, I'd also want to get, and I like to move on to Timmy and Sloaner there, but I, I want to give kudos to Wade because he, you, he put, he covered uh, Hammer really well yesterday. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like both he and Akuda were taking turns on, on Hamler. And I tell you, credit to the, you know, the Ohio State defense. Uh, they held Penn State to a season low, 227 yards of total offense. Um, Pat Fryermuth, their star tight end. Six catches, 40 yards. I thought uh, Pete Warner did a hell of a job covering him. They, they really, you know, he really didn't hurt them at all. Uh, K.J. Hamler had three receptions for 45 yards, so they did what they needed to do against, against Penn State's front-line guys. Um, so kudos to them for that. Tim, what other observations did you have from the game that you wanted to mention? Well, I've got an interesting nugget for you guys. Uh, so I was talking to Chase Young's dad on Friday night for about 20 minutes. And we talk about a lot of different things, but I was super impressed. With, he's a, first of all, he's a super impressive guy. He played football and basketball in college. He's bigger than Chase, um, and he's like super. He's a super disciplinarian. Um, you know, he was like, my advice to Chase is go out there, play your game. When you get a sack, he's like, no celebrating. Go back to the line. Get back to business. Like, just forget about what went on the last two games. Uh, you didn't do anything wrong. Uh, and he actually said it's a little bit of his own fault as to what happened because uh, there's some stupid, arcane NCAA rule about a friend has to be somebody you've known for at least four years. Uh, and I guess this guy that Jeez. loaned the money they hadn't known for four years. And so that, that, that ultimately was the crux of the, of the violation of borrowing money from that guy, um, which is complete fucking bullshit. <laughs> um, but, but, I was there with my buddy, and, and, and he asked him, you know, how did, how did you, you know, how did Chase and you come to pick Ohio State? And uh, Mr. Young basically said, look, at the end of the day, it was down to Alabama and Ohio State. He said, we went to Alabama, we walk in, um, and everybody treated us like it was a privilege for us to be there. They said, if you see Nick Saban, don't say anything to him. Don't, don't get his attention. He's busy. He's walking around. You'll get your 15 minutes with him, but, you know, that'll be later. You know, just, just keep, keep, keep yourself quiet, and, you know, we've got an agenda here for you, and we'll stick to the agenda. He said, on the other hand, he came up to Ohio State. Urban Meyer had him at their house. Everybody was totally open and friendly, and, you know, he said it felt like a family. And he's like, you know, here I am. I'm going to leave my kid here for the next three or four years, like, where do I feel better about having my kid? And he's like, there was no, there was no question in our mind after we came to Ohio state that, that this is where he was going. Wow. Which I think is a super interesting cool. story. Yeah, that is a great, That's story. a great story. You know, I seem to remember Justin Fields saying, uh, this was during the off season. He was interviewed shortly after he transferred 
and they had asked him about the difference between Ohio State and Georgia, and he said that Ohio State is a much more uh, player-friendly program. So that doesn't surprise me to hear that, actually, that... um, you know, that, that the Youngs had the, a similar experience, right? They go to another big-time program where they're kind of just a number. They come to Columbus, and, you know, obviously they're treated, you know, kind of like people. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember my first visit to Ohio State, and the bars were very friendly to me. They welcomed me with open arms. <laughs> I love it. So, so guys, are, are there any concerns coming out of this game now going down the stretch to Michigan and, and beyond. Any concerns? Not for me. Not for you, Chad. How about you, Matt? If it was a blowout, maybe, but we got enough of a scare to where it's, you're, the focus is going to be a little bit more fine-tuned. And plus, you know, Michigan has done us favors by you know looking good and acting really cocky and putting <laughs> up big numbers. So I don't think I think that I think we're going to see a very focused and very aggressive-minded uh, team comes on Saturday. Paige, how about you? I don't know. I, I, do, do we have a concern of our defense uh, with the RPO package? I mean, the Maryland guy had some nice runs against us, and I get the guy comes in and you don't, you know, you're not skiing for him all week, but they were gashing that defense a little bit with the 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 run pass option. So that's one thing that, you know, maybe is a concern. Um, the other, I was going to say, you know, the offensive line, but I'm just going to credit that to, Hey, I mean, Penn state's got the number one defense rush your rush defense in the whole country. And, mm-hmm. you know, they would open up some holes, but there were many times where Dobbins was just running into a complete brick wall. So that one, not as much, but I don't, you know, I don't, expect Michigan to run that package um but that one might concern me if anything hmm. yeah I mean uh uh Shea Patterson's a good athlete and he can do, he can hurt you with his with his legs um I don't know there may be some there might be something there we'll see uh Tim how about you any concerns coming out of that game going into Michigan no nah, not 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 really a lot of concerns I mean that wasn't our best game and I'm as I said it's been said I'm happy it happened this week at home uh, I think the weather seems like it's going to be similar up there and we'll be more ready for it because we just played in it. But, um, you know, I think bigger of a concern for me isn't any sort of specific thing, but just is is Ryan Day ready for this moment? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and is he going to have the team ready to do what it takes to go up there and beat a team that has momentum, that has playing with a ton of confidence, is playing at home, and that, you know, pretty much this is their season. If they win this game, they'll look back on the season and say, yeah, whatever, a couple bad losses. But, hey, we beat Ohio State, we beat Michigan State. Uh, it was a success. On the other hand, if they lose, Michigan loses uh, next weekend, uh, it's going to be another disaster. It's going to be another debacle. Harbaugh <laughs> lost to Penn State, lost to Ohio State again. Um, you know, and who knows what they'll probably lose the bowl game again. And so... You know, th- this is their national championship, uh, and and you know, I guess we'll see. You know, is is Day ready for this moment? I think he probably is, but you know, we'll talk about this later this week. Uh, that is going to be an absolute dogfight next week. I agree, I agree. I was I, the, the the Justin Fields and ball security is a little bit of a uh, concern for me because I think going forward they're going to need to use him as a runner, 
And he has had trouble hanging on to the football this year as a ball carrier. And and, um, the other thing, uh, he relies, you have to let him be a playmaker because he is a playmaker and he has extraordinary playmaking ability. Um, But I still think he's figuring out uh, the limitations and uh, and, and understanding uh, of when he should leverage that playmaking ability and when to rein it in. And we saw that a few times yesterday, in particular on Ohio State's last possession, which should have been a possession where they run out the clock and win the game. You're up two scores. You've just come up with a stop. Really, all you have to do, you don't even have to retain possession. You can punt it away. That's fine. But you just can't have a colossal mistake that would lead to a quick and easy points for Penn State. And I thought we saw both the youth and inexperience of, of fields, a little bit on that drive. And I think we also saw a little bit of inexperience on the part of Ryan Day uh, on that mm-hmm. final drive. Uh, I just thought it was a, an odd choice, an odd decision by Fields to, on the very first play from, from in that possession, to run out of bounds and take a five-yard sack. First of all, to run out of bounds, take a five-yard sack, you're out of the pocket, just throw the ball away. It was an odd, weird, strange way to start the series, and it just was all downhill from then. And then on the fourth down play, I thought it was a mistake on the part of Ryan Day to call a pass play there. I think you just hand it off. If you get the if you get the five yards, great. If you don't, you're you know you're deep. You've got the ball deep uh, on Penn State side of the field, and you make them that you make a freshman quarterback have to go to the length of the field with what two minutes to go. You're up two scores. You, you really you, you just can't afford to 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 give Penn State quick and easy points. And there it was, you know, they sent a, uh, they disguised a safety blitz. Fields didn't see it. He didn't, he didn't set up the protection pre-snap. He loses the ball on the play. It was very fortunate that it bounced back to him. And then he gets hurt on the play. So I thought we saw a little bit of youth and inexperience on the part of both fields, as well as Day, in that critical moment. And that's speaking a little bit to, I think, to what you just, the point you just made, Tim, and and that's as we move forward. Hopefully, it's just a you know it's a lesson learned, and they'll handle themselves differently going forward. But that's why I had some questions coming out of the game. I don't think it was all just well, you know, we we made correctable mistakes that kept Penn State in the game. There were a couple things I'm a little concerned about going into Michigan. Matt, were you going to make a point? Yeah, you know, I think film study is going to be very uh, instructive this week, unlike other weeks. I think that they'll get both the coaching staff and feels like you may, that's one of the bigger points to take away from this. The kid needs to know when to toss the ball. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't be a playmaker every play. But I think that these are not like hidden things to look for. They were all stark and bare for everything, everyone to see. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that I'm, well, I'm hoping that they're going to be working on that because those are the biggest flaws of, of that we saw in the team today. Yeah. You know, the, um, I listened to the Cleveland.com postgame pod, and they were talking about, there was one question from a listener about the Ohio State offensive line, and it didn't seem like they played very well. And and I actually thought the offensive line was fine. Uh, I thought, you know, a couple times they got beat for sacks, but hey, credit that, that uh, you know, that front seven by Penn State's pretty damn good. You know, sometimes a defense that good, they're going to make plays too, right? I thought the protection was fine. I thought they, they clearly went into a shell offensively after the two third quarter fumbles. And they didn't pass as much. I don't think it was because Ryan Day didn't trust his offensive line. I think he was trying to rein in Justin Fields as a playmaker and trying to he was trying to save him from himself. Um, because I think at that point, especially when when after the Alave touchdown, you go up two scores, there's really no reason to 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 let Justin Fields run around back there and make plays. That was just gonna 
make them vulnerable to more turnovers. And you know what? This is Justin Fields' MO. This is one weakness in his game is uh, fumbling the ball. If you go back, I don't know if you guys saw the Netflix series, but I think it's QB1. They've, uh, Fields was featured on the second, uh, the second season. And there's, there was actually a big game at his senior year. Pretty sure it was his senior year where uh, they blew a lead and they lost the game on consecutive fumbles by, by Fields where he was just trying to make, make a, a play. And, and he got careless with the ball. And rather than throwing it away or take what the defense gave him, he got stripped. There were two strip sacks. I think both were returned for touchdowns. They ended up losing a game. The game as a result of that was a big game in the regular season, if I'm not mistaken. So that's one area where Fields has to be careful. Um, he's got to make adjustments. Ball security is clearly going to be a theme this week getting ready for Michigan. And you know Michigan's going to be stripping at that ball. And you don't want to rein him, as a, rein him in as a playmaker. You need Justin Fields, the playmaker, to win Michigan and going forward. Um, but, you know, he's got, to, he's got to be more careful. And I don't know how you balance those two things, right? Cause you, you, <laughs> well, but I, I think that's, that's what you guys were talking about at the beginning, which is that, you know, what, what's not natural for this team and Ryan Day is to go into Jim Trestle mode and right. play conservative ball. And when you do that, what you do is you force Fields, who's got the guy's got the ball in his hand, you know, to probably try and do too much because you're calling conservative plays. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of understand why they did it in this game, but I hope he looks back on it and thinks, you know what, we shouldn't have done that. We should have done more quick passes, more short passes, more things than yeah. that would put us in a, in a position to get the ball out and use our talent and not make fields try and do everything. I agree. Uh, and, and I don't think, I, I think that was part of the issue. And, and that's what Dave's got to get figured out this week because you, I, I agree with you. Don't make fields try and do everything because the guy's a superstar and he'll try and do it, but he's a freshman, right? Or mm-hmm. whatever. He's a sophomore. It's his first year. He's going to make mistakes. And at this point in the season with this much on the line, you can't allow him to make those mistakes. Let everybody else on the team get their shot. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they emphasize in that first quarter against Michigan, if they'll try and be more balanced or maybe even emphasize the passing game. Matt, to your point, and you started making this point yesterday, I think several of you guys have also made the same point, that we Chris Olave was underutilized. Um, I thought Ben Victor, some of their pass catchers, even maybe their tight ends, it seemed like they had very nice balance for two plus quarters with a run run you know a pass run mix and uh, fields was completing balls intermediate throws and then he had two deep throws on touchdowns um, even the throw at the end of the first half where I actually I thought there should have been pass interference he hit a lave the ball was broken up he couldn't quite hang on to it um, you know I think they need to use him more and and be more balanced going into Michigan. And, and maybe even emphasize the pass a little bit more in that game. I don't know. What do you guys think about that, Matt? What do you think? Um, yeah, you know, the, I think you, you have so much talent. Even Wilson, you don't have to go deep to Wilson. You do a little flash pattern to him, and he can take the ball to the house as well. I don't, I don't think we, they have to be put in a situation where they have to do outstanding catches all the time, but I think you got to give them a chance to make plays because they do have that level of talent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, I, so I completely agree. I think it should be – you know, the, the, the formula that they've been using prior to this game and in the large part in the first half is the working formula that seems the teams don't seem to be able to stop. Uh, I think when they go into trussle mode, 
they become a little easier to stop. Hmm. Chad, what do you think offensively? What what should Ohio State's approach be going into Michigan? You know what? I, I think we just need to stick to the formula we've been doing. I think the offensive line, they step up, play like they've been playing, um, feed the ball to J.K. I think we need to spread it around like, you know, Wilson. Let's give him the ability to, you know, Throw the ball out into the flat. Let him. Let's see what he can do outside of a. a he never gets to return the punts because it seems like it's always a fair catch. But you know, and a lot of like I said, there's so many weapons on that team. I mean, how do you like you know like a defensive game plan? You've got Olave. Mac had some great catches yesterday. KJ Hill, Victor had a couple. I mean, Rucker had a couple. I mean, just I, I think Dave's going to have a very good game plan going into Michigan, man. I think team by the. You know, weather obviously, like I said earlier, was uh, a factor, but I think he played conservatively. I think they're looking to next week. Um, I think he wants to keep the, the tradition going and throttling Michigan and then going to the Big Ten Championship and get us into the CFP. So, I don't know. I, I think we, the offense looks great all year. I think they're going to look good next week. Um, we just had a bad week, but all right, pretty much all right. Paige, if you're Ryan Day, what's the approach offensively next week at Michigan? It's not that freaking hard. Go watch the game from last year. Exploit <laughs> the middle of the field. Crossing patterns over and over and over again. It's mm-hmm. just, it's there. I, I think he kind of, it, he's a smart, he, if, if, we're, if we're talking about it, he's obviously thinking about it as well. Mm-hmm. I, I think, whatever. All the reasons we said he might have gone conservative, I think he's you know, playing a little possum. We're going to see the same attack that we saw last year. Why wouldn't you? We hung 62 points on that team. It's all the same players. So um, that would be what I expect to see. I don't think he's going to come out and try and establish the run like he has the last few games. I just think it's going to be a totally different game plan. Interesting. Yeah, you, you'd think he's probably set Michigan up right now with the, what he showed against Penn State. If Michigan is going to prepare for more of the, the, the zone read, kind of the two-headed rushing attack with Fields and, and Dobbins, uh, you know, you'd think maybe there'll be some adjustments off of that action that would hopefully uh, confuse Michigan. We'll see. But yeah, I think we're all in agreement. We need to get more balanced, go back to more balanced than what we saw in the second half and uh, and utilize a, a talent like, uh, you know, like uh, Chris Olave and, and other guys. And, you know, the circumstances, quite frankly, really dictated the the, the conservative play calling late in that game. The, the two fumbles in the third quarter, they get the the touchdown pass to Olave to go up two scores, and then they went into a shell. And then okay, we're just let's just go win this game. And Lay Marie was talking on his podcast. He mentioned how that was the first time that Ryan Day kind of took a page out of Urban Meyer, Jim Tressel's book. Right? He wasn't quite the gunslinger, the guy taking the risks and and you know uh, you know coaching with an open playbook. He's like, okay, now it's time to go win this game, and that's what they did. So let's let's spin it well, forward. Sorry, go ahead, Tim. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, the only other thing I was going to add is, is as I was sitting there watching it, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter, and that was going on, I, it, it was it was obviously that mentality. I totally agree with it. But 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 the other side of that thought process is, you know what? I'm going to re- rely on my defense. Yeah. The offense has given these guys the ball inside the forty twice, so that's not really on the defense. I'm going to rely on my defense to keep stopping these guys. 
And that's a complete 180 from last year, and and that should be recognized. Defense played fucking lights out. Really good point. Really good point. Yeah, they finished again. They held Penn State to a season low 227 yards of total offense. Uh, I believe there were nine tackles for loss, six quarterback sacks. Um, You know, there were two forced fumbles. Well, yeah, two forced fumbles by Chase Young. Ohio couldn't unfortunately fall on those. Uh, you had several uh, guys in position to make interceptions. Unfortunately, we couldn't come down with them. But um, hey, if 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 those if you give me give me those circumstances against Michigan, right? Give me two strip sacks. Give me Ohio State defenders in passing lanes with opportunities to make interceptions. I, I tend to think if given a second opportunity, those guys are going to make those plays. And and th- that is one thing that, that you can certainly say with Ohio State. They can lean on their defense when they need to. Not sure you can say the same about LSU. Not sure you can say the same about Alabama, who all of a sudden now is back in the playoff discussion with Oregon going down. Um, Ohio State does have that balance uh, both on both sides of the ball, and they can rely on one or the other to go win a game for them if they need to. So I guess that was encouraging, right? That was kind of the silver lining that you know the defense really uh, w- was able to step in there and, and make amends for those short fields that we gave. To how, funny, how funny was it on that play? It wasn't the play that that Clifford got hurt on, but he, he got sacked or somebody and they, they got a close up of his face. Oh yeah. And he just, he just he had this, like just this poor kids. Like I just got crushed. His face was just all crinkled up. up. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, it was, <laughs> I mean, I'm not that I'm happy a guy got hurt, but just the expression on his face was, just freaking hilarious at that point yeah yeah he took some shots he had he had there were a couple or not not only the one that you know he he, he went out of the game on but there were several earlier in the game as well where yeah it was one punished. of the earlier ones yeah punished <laughs> so i wonder well let's let's spin this forward to michigan let's just take a peek at the michigan matchup next week um i don't know if you guys have noticed but shea patterson and that michigan passing game Granted, I know, you know, you have to consider the opponent, a, a reeling Michigan State team, and then an Indiana squad who it isn't, isn't, you know, the most stout defense. However, that, that Indiana team is a pretty good pass defense. They're a top, top 25 nationally in pass defense. In his last two games, Shea Patterson has thrown for 750 yards and nine touchdowns. You start to see guys that those receivers come to the fore now. I've been saying it all year. That group of receivers... It's a dangerous group of playmakers. And, you know, in my mind, the biggest question for Michigan is, hey, could they figure out they have these guys and can they deploy them right? Um, they're looking pretty dangerous as an offense going into this game. I have two questions, and I'm going to kick it around to you guys. How nicked up is Justin Fields? I know he was able to jog off the field on his own power. He came back in for the last series to run out the clock. But you know how it is with ankles and knees, right? You, you you sleep, you wake up the next morning. There's swelling, there's stiffness. You know how, you know how much of an impact is it going to have on Fields next week? Uh, and then the other question I have is, you know, J.K. Dobbins had a career high 36 carries, and those were big boy carries. Those were rough black and blue carries. He got hit over and over and over again. You know, how much is left in the tank for Dobbins going into Michigan? My big concern. And this is why I thought Michigan was the one remaining game on the schedule that I was most concerned about because of where it fell on the schedule right after Penn State. That game, unfortunately, with Penn State turned into the kind of game that took a toll. It could potentially take a toll on a team. 
it was a that second half was a street fight, man. And we have a couple guys coming out of that game beat up, you know, namely our two best offensive players, Fields and Dobbins. So those are my questions going into Michigan. Uh, I, concerns, questions, however you want to phrase it. Chad, what are your questions? Tell me a little bit about how you well, view the Michigan matchup. Well, I, you know, I, I think the big thing with Fields is I'm not really worried about his ease or ankles, but, you know, and thank God it's not his throwing hand. But I noticed yesterday his left thumb. Yeah, that's I mean, right. He was wincing with that, grabbing it several times yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, again, you know, I don't think that's going to affect next week. I mean, JK's a beast. I'm not worried about him at all. He did, he did take some big hits yesterday. Like Paige said that, you know, like he, he got, he got stood up a few times and, you know, and he made some killer runs on the flip side of that too. Michigan, you know, I, I just, I'm anxious to see how, uh, crazy they get with the offense next week um you know i think they're going to be uh throwing the ball a lot to that nico collins or at least trying to throw the ball yeah. next week the running game doesn't concern me really much at all um and you know their defense so according to don brown they're like they're ready for us man they're yeah. all up to speed now That's you know? right. he was chirping <laughs> a couple big, weeks big, ago big don brown. yeah <laughs> so i mean I'm not really worried about. But I think Fields and Dobbins are both really tough kids. I mean, you know, we've got to protect just a little bit, and you know, I, I think we're going to be fine, man. I, I'm I'm really excited for that game. Uh, wish I was going to be watching with all you boys somewhere, but uh, you know, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a good matchup. I can't just talk about like Paige said about uh, Clifford's face. I just can't wait to see Harbaugh's face next week. That's all I can. <laughs> T- Tim, you yeah, how many more tacky commercials he's going to be doing? <laughs> Tim, you you said earlier that you feel it's going to be it's going to be a, a tough game, a, a very competitive game. How else do you see? What else do you see in that game? Yeah, I don't really. I I just don't really worry about Patterson. I mean, I know he's putting up some big numbers recently, but that's what we heard all last year coming into this game is how great Shea Patterson was, and I mean, we made him look like a pee wee quarterback, <laughs> um, and so. You know, I agree with you. They've got great receivers. Uh, they have a good offensive line. Uh, our, our defensive line is, you know, probably the most dominant in college football. So Michigan's going to have their hands full. Uh, you know, Patterson can can move. Um, he's not a great like runner like Fields is, but he can extend plays and then make throws. And so I, I think that's par- partly what our defense is going to have to deal with. And I have as much confidence in our cornerbacks and DBs as anybody. So I, I don't think that's going to be a problem. I don't think Michigan's going to score a lot of points on our defense. Uh, I do think that Don Brown it, it was beyond embarrassed last year at what happened. A historic beatdown of 62 points on his defense, which was whatever, the number one defense in the country when, when they came in and we throttled them. So I think the Michigan defense is going to be their play. Um, and so I think, you know, this, I think that's going to be, to me, the more interesting matchup is our offense against their defense, especially given the way our offense kind of played this past week. So, um, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be a dogfight. I think, you know, and I, I ultimately I don't think Michigan has the defense 
to deal with all of the playmakers that we have hmm. on offense. And I think that's what ends up being the difference in the game. It's just, we just got too many athletes on that side of the ball. So including, and, yes, and by the way, go ahead, Tim. I met, I met JK Dobbins mom uh-huh. and she is as wide as she is tall. That woman <laughs> is a fucking spark plug. And just like JK is, and she is not to be messed with. So that guy, I got no worries about him yeah. next week. He's going right. to be fine. All right, good. Yeah, I was just going to add to your point about uh, Don Brown and the Michigan defense. So they're going to come into this game fourth in the country in total defense, uh, allowing 267 a game. Ohio State is number one in the country in total defense. Uh, so, yeah, one would think yards and points are going to be hard to come by. I, you do make a good point about the Michigan defense. Like, I think as a whole, maybe they're, I guess they're greater than the sum of their parts. I don't know that they, they have, uh, you know, standouts on that defense like Penn State does, like a Micah Parsons uh, no, or a Gross Lamont Matos Wade. or a Lamont Wade. I, I think collectively they're a good unit, and that's kind of the Don, Don Brown effect. I'm sure they have good players, but I don't know about whether they have the front line talent on that defense as they did last year. And of course, we you know we we saw what we did to that defense last year. So, all right, very interesting. Matt, give us a, a quick preview of of Ohio State Michigan. Well, I think on both sides of the ball, I mean, the best thing I could say about both sides of the ball is they're scrappy. But what I will say is, do you think the Michigan wide receivers are as good as Penn State's? Uh, do you think Clifford and Patterson, the, the com, com, you know, who's better between the two of them? My point being, they don't have a strong running game. The thing that really worked in my mind against uh, uh, for, when, against Penn State was that they were running the ball while doing short things really well. They did almost nothing past 15 yards and out. So yeah. I don't, I'm not really worried about their off, offensively. I'm, I'm worried about maybe the Patterson's legs or if they do little screen passes and things like that. Defensively, I mean, they're they're again, they're, they're there's nothing to your point. There's nothing, no one that stands out in that group. They play well, but not great. I mean, Wisconsin did very well against that defense, and mm, that's true. You know, I, I just don't. I, there's nothing about either sides of the ball that makes me worry. The only thing that makes me worry about them is that they've been winning the last two games in impressive fashion against middling teams. Yeah. So that usually acts as a natural steroid to their fan base, so they're all <laughs> enthusiastic, so, which, is, which is fine. So bring them on. All right. Paige, I know you and I were kind of in agreement about this Michigan game being Ohio State's toughest remaining game. You still feel that way? Yeah, for sure. I, I'm, I'm officially pretty nervous about it, to be honest with you. Um, but I think we win or lose this game based on Wade, Arnett, and Akuda and locking their guys down. I mean, uh, they put those guys just on islands now. And, you know, I fully expect Michigan to make some plays. Collins, you know, we've talked about they've got good wideouts. But all three of those dudes are playing on Sunday. And, you know, then I think it, it completely affects the scheme that Harbaugh can run because, you know, we got our guys out there on islands. And we'll live and die with that. But then we got Chase Young, and those guys are coming. And so you can't do these big five-step dropbacks. And I think that affects everything. And I think that is our big advantage in the game. But I, I think it's going to be a really close game. I'm, I'm you know, I, I wouldn't say 
Every year you say that. (laughs) I do. I used to say that. Every year I say that, but history dictates it. And by the way, you know, um, we all called a blowout yesterday, and it didn't happen. Now, you know, a lot of turnovers, a lot of fumbles, but these are tough games, and it is a brutal back-to-back. It's a brutal back-to-back, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about is just, you know, how much is left in the tank for Ohio State. Now, it's a good thing that they have a lot of depth, they they rotate a lot of guys in on the defensive line, um, I you know th- they don't have quite the receiver rotation that they did last year, but they you know they they rotated a lot of players in there. Uh, if they have to turn to Master Teague at some point in the running game, and I expect they probably will. I don't know if they want to give Dobbins another thirty seven carries next week. Uh, that's a player that you can trust, uh, and and I think that's probably going to happen. I do think it's interesting, you know, Michigan is not particularly balanced on offense. And I think their their strength is in the passing game. They're going to look to utilize those receivers. They're going to look to to move the down the, down the field and in the with the pass. They're still not a very good running team. They're 76 in the country in rush offense, and I I would I would expect the approach defensively is to make them one dimensional, take away the run game. You're not really worried about a guy. You have to cheat a safety up or play extra men in the box to deal with Michigan's running game. And I would think then, you know, if you're if you're having Shea Patterson drop back forty times, he might make some plays. But I I would trust Chase Young's going to make some too. That could really alter the game. So I, but I'm officially with you, Paige. I, I'm nervous about this game, and uh, uh, I, I I do not see a blowout in this one. Yeah, like I hear you guys on the back to back thing, and I think it's awful scheduling. But if you take the long look over the entire season. Uh, I mean, most of Ohio State starters didn't play a four-quarter game all year or, or hardly any three-quarter games. Right. Yeah. So on the whole, Ohio State should be pretty well-rested, you know. That's and, a good and point. These kids <laughs> ought to be able to go two games, right? Like, Agreed, Demi. Yeah, well, Chase Young just had a three-week vacation, so a three-week hiatus. Right. So <laughs> of any guy in that defense we want rested, that's the, that's the one guy. Yeah, you're right. Maybe maybe I'm overblowing this, this back-to-back uh you know, situation with these two tough opponents. Maybe I'm overstating it. But that, that, that's a hundred percent true. However, the emotional side of college football is gigantic also. And that factors into that brutal back to back. And that was a tough win. So, you know, getting up emotionally, you know, from the Penn State game to the Michigan game is, you know, probably easier said than done. And you it, it seems counterintuitive to us for some reason, but that's why, you know, teams are always looking ahead and getting beat and stuff, weird shit like that happens. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this now, and I, I, it might've been you, Tim, that said it, this now falls on day to manage this next week. And it'll be interesting uh, to see how he does it and how they come up uh, and how they start that game with, you know, next week. Are they just, fired up or do they have a little bit of a hangover and i don't think you can just say 100 percent they're going to be fired up Mm. well it seems to be uh, emotionally taxing for the some fans as well (laughs) certainly wasn't my case (laughs) yeah you know the other thing is that this game has no bearing on the standings um ohio state has already wrapped up it's it's uh you know the division and punched their ticket to the big 10 title game so yeah, is is does that affect the mentality? I don't know. I I, I think there's enough experience wow. on this team, veteran experience of guys who've gotten close uh, to the playoff, have been left out on the outside looking in the last two years. Uh, that I, I, I trust that experience. 
Um, I think they'll be ready to go, but I'm expecting we're going to get Michigan's best, and I think it's going to be a hell of a game. Maybe the best game that we we've seen since Harbaugh's come right. come to Michigan. That's, <clears throat> yeah, that's a good point about the experience because I mean, there's going to be a lot of seniors wanting another pair of gold pants. Yeah, it, that and their first trip to the playoffs. I mean, having been uh, well, this is, I guess the senior class would have been on the part of that 2016 team that made the playoff. But uh, I would just think it eats at Ohio at, at the leaders of that team, the Chase Youngs and those guys, uh, that they've been close just on the outside looking in the last two years in the playoffs. And I would hope that's a motivating factor to, to keep them sharp and ready for Michigan. Good point. Yeah. Well, and also too, I mean, any kid who's a sophomore, junior or senior is going to have had one, two or three previous years with urban Meyer at the helm and the focus that he put on the Michigan game that, that they don't forget about that. Right. Uh, and, and I think they will do it differently, but, uh, uh, you know, it's Ohio State. Like this is Michigan. Uh, it, this, this is what it's all about. Yeah, yeah that's funny you say that Tom, because yesterday they were like uh, on the big noon, like they were talking to Urban. I don't know. It was one of the guys from the studio. He had asked Urban, like, you know, um, about. I think I sent it out to the cast, but he was like, uh, you know, is this, you think this is as big as a rival? He goes, uh, well, let's get something straight here. You know, this is a big game tomorrow, but next week is the game. <laughs> okay, and he said it like three times. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Well, that to speak, yeah, to, to Tim's point, right? There, that's kind of in there, written into the DNA now of these veteran players who are leading this team. That the Michigan game is important, and uh, you know how you perform, how you play in that game, you know, matters. It's it's important to your legacy, not just to the standings, not just to a playoff run. Um, so yeah, I, I take some comfort in that as well. What's the line? Oh, that's a good question. 11. It's 11. No, nine. It's, it's on. It's nine? just uh, nine point favorites over Michigan. Wow. Okay. It's on, uh, 11, 11 Warriors. Nine. All right. Okay, guys. Nine. Nine. <laughs> um, <laughs> any other thoughts on, on either Penn State or Michigan before we wrap it up? All right, fellas. Well, hey, thanks so much for making the time, and we will get together midweek to uh, have a look at Michigan, make predictions, and uh, have a great Sunday, okay? Go Bucks. <laughs>